What's happening and welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events to trending topics to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Well, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Crossroads Connect podcast. We're looking uh, forward to spending some time with you today. I'm once again here with Pastor Matt Manning, but also today we have with us Pastor Trevor DeVore, who is going to share with us a little bit later about what it looks like to be a good neighbor. Uh, we uh, were listening to Pastor Matt's message this last Sunday about what does it look like to be the church scattered, and so we're going to look into some practical applications of what it looks like to to be good neighbors and to, to show Jesus uh, to our neighbors in a genuine way. And uh, but. To start off, uh, we got to uh, go out to lunch today to Top Golf, and we had a really, really fun time uh, without Trevor, unfortunately. Sorry, Trevor, that you weren't able to be with us. I know, us I'm, today. I'm shedding a slow tear I, I right see now. It, yeah. As a yeah, just don't get it on the microphone, it. and we should be good to go. <laughs> but, it, but it did leave more food for the rest of us, it so that did. was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was fair. I do love so, the food there, man. Super good. Really, really fun. It, uh, what I like about Top Golf is that you don't have to be good. So, like uh, we had a one person with us that has never golfed in their entire life, and yet they were still scoring points. And so uh, I think that that's what makes Top Golf fun. I think just the atmosphere of Top Golf was good. Yeah, they kind of combine bowling and golf together, and then lets everybody score. Yeah, I think about like ski ball. Yeah, it's kind of like, like ski that. ball and golf. Yeah, super cool, super mm-hmm. fun space. Yeah. So, uh, Chris with, with Chris Omdahl was with us today, and and his goal was just to hit the back net. Yes. It didn't matter what game we were playing. He's like, my goal is just to hit the back net. And he did it. Yeah, a couple of times he, he did. did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at golf. And so I gave up golf a long time ago because I figure I can sin for free. And I can so, sin for free. Yeah, so I don't need to, <laughs> I don't really go on a golf course, but I do like top golf. Um, but today I was playing so terrible that I just turned it into hockey because I grew up playing hockey. So mm-hmm. I can hit the ball further and straighter while it's moving towards me like a slap shot rather than if it's just if I'm standing over it. So yeah. I thought as I was doing that today, I wonder if I could like make this happen on the golf course and maybe go a little Happy Gilmore style and see if I can't be better at golf. Yeah. You just have to have someone on the side and just kind of throw it out to you. And then it's <laughs> yes. rolling and then you hit it. Right. I just need to do the drop ball. That's you know, right. When it goes out of bounds and they That's drop right. ball it. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you're actually not supposed to drop ball it off the fairway. <laughs> uh, but it was fun to watch your transition because I could kind of see at the beginning, I mean, Matt gets intense, right? I mean, when Matt is is doing anything that has any level of com- competitiveness, he like, when it's his turn, Matt gets in the zone. And I just kind of saw this progression happen um, to the point when all of a sudden he was slap shotting it. And then uh, he cheered back up because... It improved his game dramatically. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to lose at anything much. And golf, like I said, is is the vein of my existence. And so, um, yeah, when I don't do well, which is like every other time, mm-hmm. I just have to remind myself that this is fun. So how do we make it fun? <laughs> That's right. We're here with other people, right. and we're having a good time, and we're going to keep it that way. Yeah. Uh, I The thing that I'm really bad at, especially uh, when it comes to doing fun things with my family, is that my money, or my money, my mind goes to how much is this costing me right now? And so Christiana always says that I'm like the sucker of the fun because uh, I just, 
uh, I'm like, okay, we can't do this anymore because we have no money left. And she's like, man, you take the fun out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a place to sleep tonight, honey. Which is which is true. That's I do. True. I, I've I've actually come a really long way. We are when we both first got married. I was very much like, okay, we need to make sure that we have no debt and we're and trying to take care of stuff. And Christiana was like, hey, we'll be okay. Let's just trust God, and and we're we're gonna. And so we've we've slowly through our marriage. We're we're very much close to the middle now, both of us. Where I'm I'm not as, you know, over the top crazy when it comes to spending money and, and she's uh really learned what a budget is. And so both of those are really important things uh in a marriage. I think isn't money is money the number one cause of divorce? Yes. Number Which one cause in America is yeah. because people yeah. don't know how to manage yeah. their money. And number so. two is kids. And number three is spending money on kids. I think. Spending, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're just making stuff up now. That's yeah. true. So, That's hey, before you transition to what we're going to talk about, yes. um, what's your favorite thing you guys to eat at Top Golf? Because while Top Golf is fun to do, like their food is amazing. And so, what's your what's your favorite thing to get at Top Golf? Well, I'm glad you asked. That seems to be my expertise. <laughs> uh, and so I, I I have a couple favorites, but I I like the nachos for sure. But uh, the dessert, the infusers, where you get the the syringes with the jelly and the pudding and the chocolate at the that for me hands down is it's fun to buy. You know you, you know you get your stuff already infused, but when you get to do it yourself and and dictate how what? much fusion happens, fantastic. You get to do it yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Comes. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say is the infused donuts, right? Yeah. We were so when so we went there as a good. family. We got them, and we got, like, the big ones that came with, like, 4,000 donuts, you know, and three infusers. Yep. And we took the infusers home, and now we fill it up with stuff, and we infuse stuff at home now as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. You've never had the infused donuts? No. Oh, oh you missed out. I really missed out. So you missed out because I wasn't there today. It's, I would have I would have Tuesday, though, so I might just that. have to go back. <laughs> That's right. So. Mm-hmm. I One was, more hour. I was going to mention my favorite part of golf, like real golf, is actually driving the cart. That's that's my that's goal fair. is to to yeah. be the sh- if I could just be a chauffeur and take people around I'd mm-hmm. be super happy. So if you're listening today and you're an avid golfer, listen, I'm happy to drive your cart for you and make sure that you get where you need to be asap. So I'm sitting here with you and I want you to know that I'm listening. I hear you <laughs> loud and clear. We actually Excellent. had a little bit of this conversation today. We were watching the guy roam around on top golf pick up the balls. And I said, you know, on my worst days as a leader, that's my dream job right there where I can just jump in the cart. Like my only worry about is like picking up golf balls and making sure that I'm sucking them up and like no decisions. I don't have to make any decisions. There's no one to make happy or mad or whatever the case may be. Like just pick up the balls. And the worst thing that happens to you is someone fires at you, but you're in a cage. So it doesn't hurt anyway. So yeah, we did get that warning though. Yes, we did. Yeah. We got the warning. Don't yeah. don't shoot at the golf don't guy. Don't shoot at the golf person. <laughs> yeah, the golf yeah. cart guy. Yeah. Don't fire at that's him. That's off off limits. Off limits. So, but yeah, no. Uh, that's when, man. Before we had kids, Christiana took me on a on a surprise trip up to Idaho Springs, and we played golf there. And it was, I mean, it was one of the coolest golf courses ever because you're like in in a valley, right, looking at the mountains all around you. And she lasted, I think, four holes. And then she was like, you just hit mine too. <laughs> and that's how that, and I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. So uh, I was hitting, you know, twice the time. And then she just drove the golf court. 
golf cart. So she's right there with you, Trevor. Awesome. Um, so uh, thinking through uh, just your, your message on Sunday, Matt, you're talking about uh, the church scattered and the church gathered. And and although we're, we're starting to be able to come back together, we've really been the church scattered for a good three months now. And uh, I love what you brought up that uh, it's actually something that Tiffany Dunn had said uh, as far as uh, we... Uh, for a long time, you can you can approach this thinking, man, why is God allowing this to happen? Or we can say, well, maybe actually God is 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 doing something within the church. And I might be butchering that quote, so I'll just I'll flip it over to you. But uh, maybe share a little bit about that conversation and, and and your thoughts on that. Yeah, Tiffany and I were talking about just the church and kind of the state of the church, particularly over these last uh, four months. And I think we're at like 106 days now. Uh, of the COVID season when everything shut down and uh, the churches still are, you know, uh, not buildings, church buildings are not open and a ways away probably from opening. And so we were just having that conversation a couple of weeks ago and she just said something uh, really profound that kind of stuck with me, particularly in the sermon series that we were going forward with of where, how do you be the church when you can't be in the church? And her quote was, uh, Matt, we can't think of this as an accident. You know, that God in his sovereignty saw that it was good, that it was fitting to close every door of every church on the exact same day in America. And to think about that and to go, man, not only is that profound, but how incredibly true that is, that if we really do believe that God is in charge and that he's working out everything for his glory and our good, then we can't just simply think of this as like some accident um, or that this is, you know, the state overreaching their their role or anything else to that effect, that we have to go, man, God's in control of this, and he saw it fit to allow this to happen, that he has to be using this in some way. And, you know, just the way that I think about it is he's doing something in our church and in the big C church, particularly in America, that is leading uh, to something big, I think. You know, when we read in the New Testament, we see the dispersa of, of Christians, right, that they're all hanging out. Uh, in Jerusalem after the resurrection, and then all of a sudden we start to see uh, God do some things in such a way that moves them out uh, into the surrounding communities and ultimately the countries around there. And I just look at what's going on in our culture specifically right now, and I go, man, as Christians, we've gotten pretty comfortable of being in our church buildings, which is ironic because the church thrived the first 260, almost 300 years without a building. Like the first building that was erected was in 293 in Jordan, and uh, at least that we know of. And so before that, the church didn't have a building. They met in homes, they met in community centers, they met in the public square, and that's how they worshiped God. And now, uh, you know, we're so building-centric that I just look out at this and go, I wonder if God's using this in such a way to help remind us uh, what made the church thrive, and it wasn't the buildings. Yeah. You have a couple of thoughts. One one is that uh, this idea that sometimes I, I think as believers we try to uh, put God into our own agenda um, as opposed to seeing what God is doing and try to follow what the, what the leading of the Spirit is actually doing around us. Uh, we think, no, God, this is the way that it's supposed to be done. And so we say, hey, bless this thing that I'm doing as opposed to, God, what are you doing and, and how can I be a part of that? Uh, and another piece of that too is just recognizing that, man— the Holy Spirit has a huge piece in 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 what we're doing, and I think that uh, at least in Western Church, we think that we can create a specific formula, and if we do the formula correct, then we're going to win souls for Jesus. And and we 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 not intentionally, but I think on accident, almost remove 
uh, the power of the Spirit. And, and uh, when I think about the power of the Holy Spirit, I think of trying to chop down a tree with an axe or trying to chop down a tree with a, a chainsaw. And uh, I might eventually get something done if I'm chopping at it with an axe, but man, when the Holy Spirit is involved, it's like it takes a lot of that effort out, and it, and it goes way faster, and, and there's it just has so much power behind it. And so uh, that, to me, is just such an important thing when looking at where we are at right now. It's not that God is absent, but it's absolutely that God is doing something, and how can we be a part of what God is doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right in that. And looking out around our communities, knowing that even in, the, in really in this season, that people are looking for hope. You know, they're looking for something to hold on to. And as I sit back and see these last four months, it seems to me like the church at large, the Big C Church, has been pretty paralyzed because we don't have the buildings. We don't know how to make the invite. We don't know how to share our faith. And which is one of the reasons we brought Trevor on today, because Pastor Trevor is. Uh, amazing at this in his community. In fact, maybe just share a little bit about your community, Trevor. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me here today. You know, um, we moved into our current neighborhood about three years ago, and we didn't know anybody. We we didn't know next-door neighbors. We didn't know the people that live behind us or across the street. And as we entered that space, my wife and I just said, you know what, we, we're committed um, to being uh, salt and light in this community. And, um, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to serve and to love people. And that's what we set out to do. And so uh, we, we, we kind of put our radars up and we just, we became, you know, observers of our neighbors, observers of our neighborhoods. And um, one of the cool things about our neighborhood that we discovered is it's a main thoroughfare for people walking their dogs. And, uh, and so we just, we just started complimenting people on their dogs and we started asking them, what's your dog's name? And, and those conversations began to uh, turn into more conversation and regular rhythms. And, um, you know, we, you know, I think sometimes we think we got to do something big, right? Like we need to do maybe something extravagant that, that, um, that's going to reach our neighbors. And often I find it's just these like simple acts of kindness or uh, noticing something um, and, and, and either offering to help or, or complimenting like, oh, I, I noticed you got a new car, man. Tell me about that. That's really cool. Or, you know, a lot of our neighbors, um, when they move in the neighborhood, we would, uh, as we've been there, we would bring them like a, our favorite Danish local um, Infused uh, donut. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's it's a Danish bakery, <laughs> and they use three ingredients, man. They use sugar, butter, and love. And um, when you spread that kind of goodness around, man, it's it's always uh, people are excited about that. So, yeah, in our neighborhood, uh, we just we just set out to know the neighbors next to us, across the street from us, and behind us. And and it, over the years, it's grown because we've gotten to know them. We built those relationships, and uh, we just have this goal to keep expanding that to know uh, more people. Yeah. yeah. I think that something that's great about, uh, and maybe we should share that story for anybody who didn't hear your message on Sunday, but Matt, maybe you can share that story that you shared on Sunday, and then I can I have a, a thought on it. The, the Trevor story? The Trevor story with his yeah. neighbor and shoveling snow. Yeah. Do you want to share it, Trevor, or do you want me to tell my version of it? <laughs> no, it's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, one of the things uh, as part of the series, like I said on Sunday, is that, um, you know, there's a fair amount of conviction as I was reading uh, the scriptures, Galatians 5 this week, and using your freedom, not for your own conceit, your selfish conceit, but rather um, to love people. To, and what loving looks like for Paul there was serving. 
And I just thought, man, that's really what it looks like to be the church when you can't meet in the building is to serve at least one of the pieces. And as I, that conviction kind of rolled over me. And as I thought about it, it was like, man, what would it look like if I was intentionally serving? What would it look like if I was intentionally living these out? Not just trying hard. I think I try hard. But what if it looked like me really intentionally being determined to serve and showing love in this way? And so the more I thought about that, it was more like, man, I would probably look a lot like Trevor in his neighborhood. And while Trevor is extremely extroverted, Megan is not. Um, she's uh, more introverted, very personal, but more introverted in her uh, personality. And so it's not an extrovert introvert thing. It's a, it's really an attitude that goes, man, I'm going to, I'm going to serve and I'm going to be determined to serve mm -hmm. uh, the people in my neighborhood. And so, so the, the one in, of the, the intentionality behind it, yeah. like regardless of my temperament or my personality, I'm going to be intentional to do this. Yeah. So as I was talking to Trevor, one of the stories that he shared as we were just kind of conversing about this was a neighbor that uh, didn't like him. Uh, which is, I said on Sunday, is crazy to me because Trevor's like the fun guy, right? Like if you want to have fun in life, hang out with Trevor. And, uh, but didn't like him, even made life difficult for the divorce. And so Trevor just decided, what would it look like to serve this guy who, who doesn't like me? And so Trevor decided that he was going to uh, shovel this guy's drive and his walkways every time it snowed. And so for years, that's what you did. And for years, there was no thanks, there was no acknowledgement. And then he's having a conversation with a different neighbor one day. And that conversation ultimately somehow gets to snow shoveling. And as they're having the conversation, the neighbor just makes comment about how much Trevor loves this community and how that guy was incredibly thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And when Trevor asked him how he knew that, he said, man, because that neighbor over there doesn't get along with anyone. And every time it snows, I see you out there shoveling that guy's walkway and that guy's drive. And and man, it just shows the love that you have for this community. And I'm glad you're in this space. And I just sat back and thought to myself, like, that's what it looks like to intentionally serve. That's what it looks like to show love the way that the gospel speaks about it. That it's not about just loving those who love you. It's also sometimes even says more about you when you love those who, mm -hmm. who don't like you or have an issue with yeah. you. And, and so, yeah, that was a story that um, was <laughs> really awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and Trevor's turning bright red over here. But... Um, <laughs> But a story that I think is worth telling because I think it's a because yeah. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a beautiful picture of what Christ calls us yeah. to be. Yeah. So there's two things in that. The the first is that the person that you are serving may not be the person that you're affecting, and I think that that's really important too. And, and I think that there's times too. I mean, if you never had that conversation, you're still affecting that person even though you don't know it. And so uh, I think that uh, sometimes we have to be okay with the success of just knowing that we did what God asked us to do in obedience. Um, and that that has to be our, our measure of success, not, Hey, did this person turn to Jesus or Hey, did it, did all of a sudden I, I gain a friend when I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, those things are awesome when they happen. Um, uh, so that, that's one piece. Another piece is also remembering again, that the Holy spirit, we inviting the spirit into it. I don't know, Trevor, if you are praying for him as you're shoveling or if, you're cursing the snow, uh, one of the two, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, uh, there's, there's value too in remembering that, Hey, as I'm serving this person, I'm praying for them. Um, and, and the other point that I wanted to bring up is just consistency, right? It's not a once off deal. Like, all right, I made cookies and now we're done. Um, but you are consistently out there doing something for somebody else. Um, and I think that that, 
that to me sounds like what spoke to your other neighbor is, is that consistency. It wasn't this, oh yeah, I remember that one time that I shoveled his walkway for him, but it's something that you uh, are continually doing. And so I think that there's a there's space for both, right? There's space for us being consistent in how we're loving and, and, and serving our neighbors. But then there's also the space for, hey, is there some sort of event or some sort of community gathering thing that I can do or, or push for um, in order to help even just my neighbors come together and learn who each other are. And so I didn't know if you had any any other kind of practical things that you you have done or, or that you've thought about doing or or might be encouraging someone to do in their own neighborhood. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you asked. I, how much time do I get? You is get this, uh... Uh, 30 <laughs> seconds. No, I'm just kidding. No, well, that... hopefully uh, maybe I can come back another time I, because I, I think to your point, Jared, it's I like this uh, quote, you know, going deep into community takes time and weathering the seasons. And so I think that's the attitude you got to go with. You can't, you can't go show up and say, okay, I, 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 I did it. I checked it off. I, I offered to serve, but nobody took me up on mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, but it's, it's a, I think it's a lifestyle and it's, it's, I love that, that word determined, right? Like you're just determined, Mike, mm-hmm. whether they love me or hate me, that this is the way that we live as believers. This is the way we live as Christ followers. Um, so yeah, let me let me speak just uh, a couple things that I think are super helpful as you think about it. Um, so maybe this, if you're new to this, um, you know, people ask me all the time. So when's a good time to neighbor? And my answer is now. Like when's you know, like my wife and I, it's like when's a good time to buy a puppy? Well, I guess now because you just get into it and it just happens and you do it and you figure it out and you learn along the way. My wife and I. Um, our family, you know, we, we've never done it perfect, right? We just decided to do it and we've learned along the way and we know, um, you know, what, what speaks to certain neighbors doesn't speak to other neighbors. And some neighbors like to gather in big gatherings and other neighbors really just enjoy a personal dinner at our house. And so it's stuff that you kind of stumble into and you learn along the way. Um, I think this is um, an important one that we learned is what events or gatherings are already happening in your neighborhood. So I think you become a detective of your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, what are people's rhythms? What is already valuable to your neighborhood? You know, in our neighborhood, it's a dog walking culture. It's a pretty athletic neighborhood. And so we, we intentionally try to eat dinner out front on our patio often um, because we can wave. We can say hello. We have conversations with people. As opposed to tucking into the, your backyard. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just like we used to sit in the backyard, but we realized the, the majority of our neighborhood life rhythm is happening out in front of our house. And so we move there. Um, so I think you become the investigator of your neighborhood, you know, and you learn people's rhythms. You learn um, when they mow the lawn or wash the car or uh, they're outside and, and you take those moments to engage people. I think it's just simple acts like that. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you in that. And then obviously I think there's, um, I guess there's other rhythms that people like uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, 4th of July is coming up, right? And I think that's an incredible opportunity uh, to engage your neighbors, that you can even have uh, conversations about, hey, what are you guys doing for the fourth? Or maybe you drop a box of popsicles off and say, man, I hope the fourth is is great for you. I, I think if you think about the the, the Do rhythms you think of it's your good neighborhood, neighboring to put those little poppers on their mailbox. Um, absolutely. Oh, okay. No, um, <laughs> please don't do that unless you really know the neighbor. I would, but I, <laughs> I know my neighbors now pretty well and they would find that exciting. Um, but yeah, I think there's these rhythms. You gotta that, earn it. Yeah. You, you got to earn it. Right. right. But, but I think there's, that's, that's a true statement, right, Jared? Like, I think there's a level of relational credibility that you build over time. And I think, 
um, again, you can't just go rush it. Yeah, you can't, you know, check it off or see. And I, I really believe, I, I loved what Matt said, that, that people aren't projects. They're precious to God, right? And if people sense that they're a project, then they're less willing to engage in, I think, authentic relationship. And, um, and I think part of living our life uh, in, in a way that models Christ is living authentically, right? And, um, and so I, I hope that as people go out there and start engaging their neighbors that, 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 yeah, it'll be weird and it'll be awkward, but don't ever think those people as projects, because I think that that will undermine the, the relationships that you're trying to build. Um, I think one of the things that I would encourage, and probably this is probably an easy one, but I think it's both sides of a coin, right? So um, when you think about serving, we talked about that. How do I serve my neighbor? Well, here's some ideas um, that I think you can do, uh, offer some vulnerability in your own life, meaning um, if you need a tool or you need to borrow a lawnmower, actually go ask your neighbor. You know, instead of running to the store to the fix it, just say, hey, my lawnmower broke, can I borrow yours? Uh, maybe it's instead of dashing to the store because you forgot an egg or a cup of sugar. Literally, I know that's old school, but I think there's some value there when a neighbor feels like they can help you and you show up and like, hey, I'm making pie and I'll bring half to you, um, but could I borrow that cup of sugar? That um, just happened last week, actually. Our neighbors across the street, uh, they had their family in town and they were making banana bread and they were short something. And so they came over and they asked if they could borrow some of it. And that's kind of the way our neighborhood works yeah. around mine is, is we share stuff all the time. And anyway, we gave them whatever it was that they needed. And uh, an hour later we had fresh banana bread and I was like, this is a good gig. <laughs> like, I supply an egg, you know, I throw an egg at you and you give me bread back. Like, okay, let's do this every day. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's stuff like that. Um, you know, you can ask for assistance, you know, maybe, you know, a neighbor has a certain expertise and, and, and so in transparency, um, my wife and I have decided to build a clubhouse or a, a tree house for our kids, which I know nothing about. So that'll be exciting. So if you're looking to um, do a backyard project, let me know. I'd love to have you over. Um, but I reached out to my neighbor. He's a dam engineer. No, literally, really. Like he works for the federal government and he operates on dams. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he gets to travel to all these like, you know, mega dams and do all that. But, you know, I went over and I asked him because he has an engineering background, probably not in building tree houses. But I, I met him out in the front lawn. I said, Hey man, we're building a tree house. I'd love for you to come help me and give me some thoughts and ideas. And he's all excited. So there's just things that you can do like that, that build conversations. Right. And maybe we'll have some, I don't know, some cool electric water thing happening with the tree house when we're done. But um, I think it's just that awareness that you invite people into the spaces when they need help, but also when you need help. I think that vulnerability is saying, Hey, I'm building a tree house. Do you want to come help me? Yeah. Right, and I, there's always I, something interesting too about working with somebody or, or doing a project with somebody else. That it's like it gives you a common goal, mm. and having that common goal helps build a relationship. So it's it kind of takes some of the awkwardness out of it. Um, where when it's just like, hey, let's stand in the middle of the road and try to have a conversation when we don't know each other, um, can be a little bit more awkward. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, and mm -hmm. I I think there's. There's hundreds of ways and hundreds of ideas, but back to that being determined that mm -hmm. you just, you look at your, I, I mean, and, and, and to what you said, Jared, I think there's the spiritual component in that space too, is when's the last time you prayed for your neighbors? Mm -hmm. When's the last night, time you walked through your neighborhood and just prayed for the houses or you prayed 
um, God, like you've put us here, like you, you really see yourself on that mission. Like we're here for a reason that our, mm-hmm. our house is cleverly disguised as a ministry opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, God, you, you've got something here and we get to be those, that distributor, your uh, distributor of your love, of your grace, of your truth and of your uh, kingdom reality. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that, that often um, maybe we pass by or we don't really think about, but I think there's power in that space, even even at the very beginning of, hey, I want to be a good neighbor. I want to live this out. I think it's got to be immersed in that prayer yeah. reality. Yeah, I think one of the things that you, well, as I listen to you talk through this, is that the ideas that you're putting out there are not just like lists that are out there, that these are things that you and Megan have actually done in your neighborhood. Like you, you have countless stories of how you've touched your neighbor through simple acts of kindness, through serving them, through blessing them, through um, whether that's delivering danishes to helping someone with their Bronco to jumping up on a roof and doing roofing projects with people. Like this is, this is stuff that you live out in your life. And I think that what you said just a moment ago was pretty insightful that like, you know, your home is not just like it's it is like the church building right i mean that's that's how the first century church thrived is that they saw their homes as the church because we're the church and the community around them was the church was the mission the community field. was the mission field mm-hmm. to impact right and to bring the gospel and to bring flourishing into these spaces and and as the scriptures point over and over again that all of that happens when we first decide that we're going to serve, that we're going to be determined mm-hmm. to serve these neighbors, regardless of whether they ever come to faith or not, right? Like the flourishing aspect Absolutely. that we see in the church is that our community should be better because we're in them. Mm-hmm. That's that's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Whether people ever come to know Christ or not, that's on God, mm-hmm. right? Our, our role is faithfulness and bringing about flourishing in the community. And the way that we do that is by knowing the community that we're in and then figuring out ways to serve yeah. the community. I we're think in. it's important too that to remember it's not about getting them to to believe everything that I believe or to think the way that I think. The purpose is to simply uh, love them where they're at and be genuine and authentic in who you are as well. And I, that's what I love about getting to know our neighbors is that they get to see me as a person, right? I mean, as you guys know that as soon as someone says, hey, what do you do for a living? You're almost hesitant to to tell them, not because you're ashamed of what you do, but because they start treating you differently or they start talking different or they don't feel like they can be themselves around you. And and so for for me to be able to say, hey, man, just be yourself, you know, uh, when they start cursing around me, I go, oh, good, finally, you're, you're opening up and being yourself around me, you know, and, and not feeling like you have to act a certain way. And, and I think that a lot of times people feel that way, like I have to get good to go inside a church building. Um, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go until uh, I, I meet the requirement moral code, whatever it might be. But for, for us to meet people where they're at and just be genuine and authentic and, and let them into your life and be a little bit vulnerable with, with the things that you struggle with as you get to know them, I think opens up. And, and I've had so many people respond to me and, man, I didn't think that uh, a pastor would think that way or feel that way or, or have those experiences. And, and so I just think that there's a lot of value in your neighborhood for you to be you and for them to be them and for God just to do his thing and, and, and it's really actually fun to watch those those things happen around you. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I I think you know, like Matt said, I I wholeheartedly agree that it's back to that people aren't projects deal. It's like you are there to uh, I think invite and introduce JC Jesus Christ to them, but it's not your job for them to change their heart or you know, to convert them into the this thing. It's simply that 
through your lifestyle, the way you love your family, the way you love your neighbors, the way that you talk about the world, you see the reality around you, that you are, are leaking, you are pouring out God's love and compassion and mercy and truth and grace all around you. And you would be surprised, whether working on a, a treehouse with a neighbor or doing that, those conversations come up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think as you pray for those, as you have your, your radar up for these God moments, right, that they happen. They happen naturally. You know, sometimes I think we got to force it. The truth isn't you don't have to. That there, there's things that happen in all of our lives on a regular basis that give us multiple opportunities to speak of the love of God mm-hmm. in those spaces. And you know, one of our prayers, Meg and I, over the years, is that our home would be a place of peace for people. Yeah. That, that that when they step onto our property, when they enter our home, that they would sense something deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they would sense uh, the 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 shalom right the yeah. the the flourishing of yes. God in that space and that that in itself would begin to speak to them yeah that that, think, that 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 would happen right yeah growing up I remember going over to some of my friends' houses that you'd walk in and it's almost like this feeling of oppression like man what in the world is going on in here and then there's other houses we'd go to where it just felt like this sense of peace and freedom you know and so absolutely uh, that's something that we 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 try to do for for our house as well is that people would they would be able to recognize that, man, something is different here. Uh, something else that Christiana and I always say too is, is you have to earn the right to have the conversation, right? Um, where you're not just going to go and start, you know, I mean, and people do, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but uh, it doesn't seem to gain much traction when someone doesn't really trust you or know that you genuinely care about mm-hmm. them. And so by putting in the, the relational time, you actually earn the right to actually have those deeper conversations with people. And so uh, I just think that um, those are, are really, really good, important things for us to always be thinking about. And so uh, we just want to encourage you guys as you're listening uh, to to get out there, to be intentional, to be prayerful about, man, how can we love our neighbors well? Um, think about the... Uh, the the big picture the the longer game plan and not the the short sprints of, of how can you be uh, a good neighbor to to those that you are living by that God has placed you where you are intentionally to be a light in the world where you are and so let's let's take that responsibility seriously uh, and, and put in the work intentionally to do that uh, my challenge for you guys this week as you're out there um, in your neighborhoods or whether it's an apartment complex or a condo wherever you live. Um, is to make a list of your neighbors, to know them by name. And um, even if you don't know them, even jot that one note down. They live in that brick house two doors down and drive the red car. And this week, commit to get to know them and then pray for opportunities to get to know them, right? You may not know them, but I think there's a way that as you think about them, as you drive by their house, you walk by it on a walk, to pray for them. And I think you'd be super surprised what doors God will open for you this week. So I want to encourage you to do that, and I look forward to hearing how God is working in those spaces. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening with us today. Thanks, Trevor, for joining us. It was awesome Absolutely. to have you. Always good to be with you, Matt. And so uh, please be sure to check us out uh, online. We are at crossroadsabc.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Uh, and now we are back to having services outside. And so uh, we're kind of at different venues each week. So make sure to check out and know where we're going to. Uh, my wife actually showed up at Fort Lupton last week, and <laughs> she's 
she sent me a picture of an empty parking lot and said, uh, I think I went to the wrong place. So, uh, but she, she still was able to make it over in time to, to catch uh, the message. So, uh, but just uh, check out where we're at and we're looking forward to, to, to seeing you there and looking forward to hearing your stories about uh, how God is using you to transform your neighborhoods. <laughs>